Okay, uh, podcast listeners, more to come listeners, welcome to another episode of Stargazing, and I'm here with the PW Graphic Novels Review Editor, Meg Lemke. Hey, Meg, how you doing? Hey, Calvin. I'm doing really well. I'm very excited about the book we're going to talk about today. Well, of course, who wouldn't be excited to talk about this book and this artist? So what are we talking about today? We are talking about the long-anticipated return of Alison Bechdel in The Secret to Superhuman Strength, which is her third memoir. And she hasn't had a book in eight years, mm -hmm. and people have been really waiting. You know, she's a huge fan base, um, primarily due to the breakout uh, success of Fun Home, mm -hmm. which, as we all know, became a musical. But she already had a huge fan base based on Dykes to watch out for her long-running alternative comic strip, which I used to sit in the not Barnes & Noble, one of the other, you know, chain stores in the 90s and read as a teenager and sit in the kite yeah. corner. It was in the little alternative comic yeah. section. I loved Dykes You're to watch You're talking about uh, Dykes to watch out for? Her yes, so basically like, pioneering, trailblazing comic strip about a kind of wacky lesbian community uh, that mm -hmm. kind of was funny and super topical at the same time. Yeah, she um, was like the Trudeau of the queer community at the time. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good way to put it. Um, but it's interesting um, how and, – and, and I may say that I was lucky enough to be able to write a few things about her when she first started collecting those into books back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um but it's really, uh, it's really gratifying and it's, and in some ways it matches, uh, what we've seen happen to this category of graphic novels, this medium over the last, you know, since the nineties or the late, or the eighties. How uh, many years has it been? Uh, yeah, I know. I didn't want to say the number, but it's, you know, that's a lot of years. And, it, and, and her stature as an American artist seems to have marched hand in hand with the, with the uh, uh, the development of the medium, uh, she's you know gone from being a really clever, jokey comic strip author with a really thoughtful comic strip to really, I think, one of America's foremost uh, authors. Um, she uh, definitely has become part of popular culture in a way that yeah um, is how you know she the Bechdel test is yes, that's to yes. folks who've never <laughs> sure ever read her work. Um, I mean, she's broken through to colloquialism, essentially. Um, the Bechdel test being a conversation, um, I believe, in Dykes Watch Out For, between um, two women about what their litmus test is for watching a film, which is whether or not there's uh, – I don't know if I'm going to get it perfectly, but whether or not there's two women talking and they're not talking about a man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, even in, in big and small ways, uh, her name is just kind of – as you said, it, it's become – you know, uh, you know, a, a landmark in pop culture. Um, mm -hmm. and I mean, her books, I mean, we look for her, to her books to be entertained, but also to give us some, hopefully some lasting thought, some insight into the culture at large, into, and how, you know, how we all fit, uh, fit into it based on how, uh, in many ways, her life <laughs> and really circling around her life. Uh, and looking at it from different points in, in, in at different points in in her life today. So, the secret to human human strength is kind of her her latest episode in that. Right, and um, as Calvin always says, it's an event and a, a book from. Uh, it is a it is an event uh, book. <laughs> so I think a lot of people 
you know, who had been fans of Fun Home found her last book um, about her mother, which is was a kind of deep dive into psychotherapy as well as her relationship mm-hmm. with her mother to be compelling, but didn't have some of the kind of lightness and hook that Fun Home had had. And I found this book to be a really interesting follow-up for people who've been waiting for something to have that really obvious poppy kind of, or like, I don't want to call the fact that her dad ran a funeral home, but like this sort of more obvious <laughs> hook. This actually does, and that it gets at something we'll love to talk about, which is uh, exercise culture mm-hmm. and fads in mm-hmm. exercise culture. So she goes through her experience over her, from her youth, like her childhood to current periods um, and her attachment to different fads and exercise. So she does like this, like feminist martial arts school. She mm-hmm. gets into skiing. She really gets into cycling. She talks about kind of early gurus um, on TV who would do like pump it up and the aerobics period. Um, when that craze took over America, she a gear, like she's mm-hmm. a real, like, uh, you know, like sweat technology gear. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It is kind of about sweat tech. (laughs) Yeah, and she loves that stuff. And there's like a lot of really kind of great hooks for people who find that um, exploration of American sensibility through its consumerist approach to um, physical exercise fascinating. And at the same time, it's, mm-hmm. again, like a deeply philosophical, heady work. So at, like the threads running through are not just this kind of fun, consumery pop culture analysis. It's also like very clearly, like, what does it mean to be in a body and in a mind and how do these two things interrelate? So she looks at philosophers and literary figures who lo- sought enlightenment through physical exercise, essentially like the wandering poets. Um, she looks at Emerson and actually let me just grab our review and you feel free to jump in, but she, you know, Ra- mm. Ra- 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 eh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Margaret Fuller, mm. Kerouac, you know, who has the Dharma bums period and talks about uh, seeking enlightenment, you know, not just in a bottle, but at the top of a mountain, um, Adrian Reich. It's, she has this fantastic, um, way that she weaves in these other storylines and not inappropriately places herself as a literary figure, even though she doesn't explicitly say, I also, as a writer, as someone who has um, made an impression on our culture, have found myself drawn to see my, my own, you know, seeking of enlightenment in this way. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. Sorry. Back to you, Kevin. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it, 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 absolutely. She, well, as she says herself in the book, I mean, she, she, she talks about writers, uh, that she feels, uh, she can relate to because as they live through certain periods and certain ways of thinking about life, uh, she sees corollaries in the world today. I mean, she goes back to these, uh, 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 the 19th century writers of romantics, um, uh, uh, the transcendentalists, uh, mm-hmm. uh, as well, you mentioned. And then, of course, in the 1950s, uh, with Kerouac and Gary Snyder, uh, and on the road. I, I mean, to, what I think is really so extraordinary about how Allison has developed this book is this a layer of uh a layer of of op- layers of observation of american mm-hmm. society and the intellectual zeitgeist 
uh, of all of these periods we're mentioning. Now, she brings it all in in a way because uh, she sees connections. I mean, she sees these writers as living through the kind of as the progressives of her time, just as she sees herself as a progressive. Now, while she doesn't relate necessarily as a literary figure, it's pretty clear she is. Uh, her books, and certainly uh, we saw that in uh, "Are You My Mother," uh, uh, the book about her mother. Um, I mean, her books have become extended literary essays mm-hmm. in a way that you don't often see comics, uh, you know, uh, people do. Maybe, uh, you could say it about Art Spiegelman, I would suppose. Um, but, but, but comics, as a literary prose author would do, using comics to hone in and create these essays that respond to the moment. So um, this book, to me, it just offers so many more insights into Allison's development as as an as an author of our time, as a public intellectual. Uh, uh, It tracks pop culture fads. It tracks intellectual introspection, personal, and every range of public retrospection you can think of. Think of, and uh, it's methodical, um, uh, but. As you were saying earlier, uh, maybe unlike Are You My Mother, it really uh, uh, balances the satirical and these very serious attempts to kind of place herself in, in the culture. Uh, it's a funny because it's book funny. And all her books are about death. I mean, all three of her books are essentially about death. Mm-hmm, sure. But this book is very funny. Um, even though it's got such a serious, I mean, it's, it's like a hilarious book about enlightenment in some ways. Yeah, in, in, in many cases, because uh, I mean, because and 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 there's something that there's a. I'm not going to use it right now, but there's a phrase at the very end of the book that I think mm-hmm. think kind of captures it. Um, uh, um, I mean, I always, you know, as someone like myself who loves sports and athletics, now. Uh, Allison says right off the bat, you know, I don't mean I'm a jock. I don't mean I'm interested mm-hmm. in, you know, you know, whether the Yankees won last week or whatever sports team is in her area. She's about activity and she's and in and how that activity informs your life. Uh, and she's found all these corollaries in literature. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is kind of, you know, this is like this aspect of American culture that we kind of watch happen. And I, I find it fascinating for her to place herself within that and to see see her write about her growth and at the same time attach it to uh, the rise of feminism, the impact of AIDS, uh, 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 the, you mm-hmm. know, the, um, uh, the, the, the life in New York City. Uh, um, she cycles just through every level of personal, as I mentioned, personal in- introspection and popular self Reflection of uh, celibacy, polyamory, um, it's just no self-improvement trope is left unexpressed. Uh, But at the end of the day, I think what she's hoping to maybe find in herself is really the journey that she's on. That's what informs what her life is in, in, in my reading of the book. I mean, this is a book that you can talk about maybe too much. It's not that long, too. I mean, that's so wonderful about it. I mean, she's just such a careful uh, draftsman, draftswoman and yes. <laughs> and writer and that she has a real precision. 
and the choice of the page layouts and the use of language and dialogue and that she's able to, it's a dense work. Um, you know, the reason why I said it's about death, because it's really, it also brings us up to the pandemic. So the work continues talking about like what she did as solo exercise during the pandemic and ways that she was able to kind of use fitness to uh, deal with the, the current period. Um, but it's, it starts out from the beginning, essentially saying like, as, as she's gotten more and more intense as in terms of her exercise, as she has gotten older and yet she feels that she, it's, it's a, there's a half-life constantly too. As she's getting older, she still she can't do as much as she did when she was young. And this basic truism, um, is still ever shocking as one ages, right? So it's a really fascinating, uh, like there's a real reflection of the reader as you, you could come up to this book at different points in your life, um, and get something very different from it, which I think speaks to its quality well, and, uh, well, I, well, I think in, in, in every instance, it, what separates me authors that get maybe from the rest of us is the intensity of her observation, mm-hmm. uh, her ability to methodically recount stuff that happened 30 years ago in her life. Right. I mean, there, there, there's, there, there's a superpower there. There's a, mm-hmm. a there's a, a level of talent, uh, and, um, uh, personality driven inquiry that I think that does separate, uh, the artist from maybe the rest of us because her, her, the intensity of her observation and her ability to call back and, and parse these, these, uh, events personal and, and broader. I mean, that's special. And that's what this, this book ultimately is about is this incredible meandering, uh, sometimes very funny journey that she's on. And her ability to, to share it with us, and, and 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 that's what I meant about this page at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, a phrase at the end of the book. What if the point was not to finish, but to stop struggling? Now, I assume that that's taken from some sense of um, Buddhism or Zen or or another kind of uh, you know uh, non-Western int, uh, uh, response to uh, uh, the just extraordinary project of life. Um, but I will also, and I'd be curious to know what you think of this. I'd also be curious, uh, in this long hyper feminist journey, uh, that Bechtel has taken herself on, uh, is if this last point doesn't point to this kind of, um, kind of the reality, uh, it seems of so many contemporary women's life is there this need to be perfect. Uh, mm. as opposed to, uh, experience and embrace, uh, and affirm the reality of, of our qualified imperfection. Mm. Um, I've certainly heard other women talk about this and I'd be curious to know what you think. I mean, Allison seems I mean, to think- have accepted the fact that, you know what, she's not perfect and this journey was inevitable. She is a perfectionist as a personality aside from her gender. You know, I mean, I think that that is something that, um, when Fun Home came out, a lot was made of around the promotion of the work. You know, there were videos made of how methodically, as you, the term you've been using throughout this conversation, because it really applies to her, she would set up uh, reference photos and take photos and then draw from them. Like she was acting out her character's experiences, photographing them and then drawing them and redrawing them. So, as a personality, she already really embodies that. But absolutely, she's speaking to a period of time where, um, you know, she women were, as they are now, you know, asked to both defend, you know, their 
ideals and enact them, you know, simultaneously. And I think, however, she also is really talking a lot about things that are more complicated. You know, there isn't a single way of being a feminist. I mean, she's talking about mm-hmm. a huge changes within the queer community over the arc of her life as well, you know, where the place of um, being a lesbian and in the queer community um, and has evolved and changed and what her relationship to that is, you know, she talks about kind of more separatist movements. Um, and, you know, there's something I also think about Allison's work that isn't, she doesn't stand in for any kind of political figure because she is so specific in her personality. And a lot of it really is about like her as an individual and a lot of the work that she's really said, she's like not into team sports, right? Like it's really about like a solo journey that she's on. Um, and yet you're right. Like a lot of the, the, at the end, she's really looking at, there's another quote, you know, here I was looking at where she's talking about like, um, Nirvana as being part of a continuity of life. So she says, we are a part of everything. Also, this is it. Right. Well, yeah. So, this beautiful expression of um, communalism, but also mortality. Um, she, okay, so before we move on, because we don't have that much more time, or we don't have time, I want to just really briefly touch on the art because we've talked so much yeah, about this I, kind I, of what heady book, mm-hmm. but the page layouts are so dynamic. I mean, mm-hmm. visually, this is a very exciting and action-packed book. Mm-hmm. So you know, when she's having conversations, um, you know, it's it's not a comic that shies away from a lot of text, which is, which is something that, you know, comics often get um, criticized for if they're text heavy. And yet Allison's so careful with how she uses text that it works. She has beautiful landscape scenes. So you see her across these landscapes that she bicycles or skis on, or when she moves from New York city to Vermont, she has these gorgeous, gorgeous landscape scenes. She has these like fabulous and kind of hilarious scenes of, of exercise and physical challenge. Um, it's a, it's a, just a dynamic, visually dynamic book. It's her style. Like, this is not, we're not seeing a departure. This looks very much like, you know, Dykes Watch Out or Defund Home, you know, the same character drawings. But um, there's just a really beautiful kind of pullback, I think, in terms of looking at the broader world. And let's mention work. the color, too. I mean, this, this is a first, yes. isn't it, the, the, the use of color? I believe that's true. And uh, actually, it was her wife um, or partner mm-hmm, yeah. who did the coloring. And the review actually speaks to the colors. Yeah. And this book dynamic. cycles through all of her relationships too. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I mean, all of her books obviously have been revealing <laughs> in this one, um, uh, as much as any other. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, w- w- at the end of the day, certainly when we're talking about comics, you have to get back to the art. Uh, the, the art is as, is as important uh, as the words. Uh, uh, and, her mature style is pretty freaking great. I mean, she can be uh, animated and goofy and really funny, seemingly at will. And on the next minute, uh, she is as piercing and as kind of thoughtful and reflective uh, in the message that she's trying to derive from any particular experience. You know, as any great essayist, I think you you know you you want to encounter. I think she talks about. But Adrian Rich in this book as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talks about her heroes, her sheroes, uh, throughout the book. And, and that's why I, I really, uh, I keep returning to this notion that this book is really a classic literary essay in the, it just in ways that we don't 
necessarily see comics artists, our great public intellectual comics artists, we don't necessarily see them doing so much. And I mean, this is this is the stuff of you know uh, Alfred Kazin or uh, Ralph Ellison's Shadow and Act or the these books of collections of where. You you do enter the mind of this artist as she's reflecting on her times. I love her stuff on Adrian Rich, who I Frenchified earlier. I said Rich. <laughs> I work with a lot of French comic artists, so Calvin knows oh. that I um, sometimes <laughs> so, slip into that. That's right. Um, but with, because she talks about Adrian Rich as a kind of um, counterpoint to Kerouac in the book, I think mm-hmm. even if she doesn't explicitly, I can't recall say that there's a way in which she's putting her as a figure on par. You know, like that's. Mm-hmm. There's there's a there's a radical act right there. Like she's just taking a feminist writer and making sure that she's discussed in the same terms, you know, as as everyone's favorite, you know, male on the road writer. And I do want to excuse me. I don't mean to interrupt. I do want to mm-hmm. jump back because I, I I sort of took the uh, back away from the art. And I do want to yeah, mention that there are some, uh, you know, one other I think important and kind of powerful moment in this book that brings together self reflection. Uh, I think to a certain extent, um, she uses her own kind of, uh, I, I mean, I think she got lost in her interiority. Her, mm. her she kind of lost in, in her need to, to physically develop, uh, and to, to, I guess to create another aspect of agency beyond just the intellectual agency in the world. Um, and there's this scene in the subway where, Basically, she confronts this young black man, and the result is kind of unfortunate. I, I'm, I don't want to be to be a spoiler, but I think it's a high point of the book and an important point of the book among several points, uh, including her her maps of um, you know the routes she takes when she's biking or running. I mean, these all I think reflect on the intensity of her search. But I think that book, the way it's drawn. How it's a moment in the New York subways, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, because New York City always brings together all uh, multiple points <laughs> that a writer has to deal with, uh, you know, in, in this great tradition of literary essays, essays. So uh, uh, that was an that's, that's a it's just a moment in the book that I think is incredibly visual and meaningful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where where the drawing. Uh, is, is as important as anything that's said. And then the meaning that she seems to have to get from that, because it seems to change her life at that point, uh, and, and send her into, you know, a slightly different, uh, direction. Right. If you think about the art, that's what, again, she balances beautifully here. These hyper real, not hyper realistic in terms of, it's still her particular drawing style, which is, um, Bechdel, basically, but she has scenes she draws like that, you mm-hmm. know, traditional comic scene, which are, which have action and feel very much like a film. And then she has very pulled back, abstracted scenes that, like the mapping scenes, where she's, we see her bicycling as a figure through a map. And she beautifully plays with the medium in that way. So yes, it's really, um, you know, certainly one of the best books of the year, uh, a worthy new volume from Allison that really kind of, once again, establishes her position in the culture and certainly in, in this medium. Uh, and um, it's really exciting, I think, for those of us who kind of 
you know, Red Dykes to watch out for back in the day and said, yes. well, this is chicken. Where's she going? And man, oh man, um, to see where she's come. So it's, uh, so kudos to Alison Bechtel, uh, on her new book. Um, there's plenty to wrestle in it as she wrestles with her own life and what it means. Yeah, we are excited. And I have to say, PW is one of the first, um, reviews out there on the scene for there this. Go. So That's what we do. I'm, I'm sure all of you have already purchased this title who are listening to my voice, but if you haven't, go get it. Okay. We'll talk to you all very yeah. soon. Yeah. It was mentioned the publisher. Oh yes, of course. It's Odin Mifflin who mm-hmm. published, um, not only Fun Home and Are You My Mother, but also Decadikes, the Dykes to Watch Out For. Mm-hmm. Right. collection and i recommend it it's i mean i love it i love that series okay yeah. all right meg great uh we'll talk about more books next time talk to you soon bye